And now, presenting entertainment that's better than the after credit scene at a Marvel movie. This week, your hosts, Aaron Matero, Cole Rush, and Cameron Horsley, welcome special guest, Ian Simmons. It's Jack of All Takes! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jack of All Takes. It is episode 24 of this thing of ours, and you would only get that joke if you listen to my friend Ian Simmons on kickseat.com. Ian, welcome to the show. We're friends now? Yes. Oh, cool. At least on Facebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm in your apartment, so I guess that means we're somewhat close. Yes, for at least the second time. Uh, the audience will never know. Uh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm old. Uh, I review movies. How old is he? <laughs> so old. No, I'm just kidding. Star Wars is my spirit movie. It's kind of like my spirit animal because we were born, both born in the same year. Oh. Figure that out. 1977. Uh, Phantom Menace? <laughs> no, I said Star Wars. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and you run a probably the most popular movie website in all the world. Is that true? Because I, I mean, Cole I've... Tries is the most pe- popular blog about trying new things run by a guy named Cole. Okay. Um, well, if, if Kicking the Seat or KickSeat.com is the most popular movie website in the world, I haven't gotten the checks yet. I think they got lost in the mail. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, um, nobody says you get paid for being the most popular. Oh, that's right. Um, anyway, this is, a, this, is a, uh, this is a crossing of streams of sorts, which we tend to do often. Let me see your hands. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so you and I partner for coltries.com and kickseat.com for the late screening uh, podcast series in which I see a movie that I should have seen a long time ago or have never seen that came out recently that had a lot of hype. And you watch it along with me, sometimes having seen it, sometimes not. And we talk about it. That's true. Is that an accurate description? That That's the best description. Cool. Well, everybody should go listen to it. And The Graduate is our latest conquest. And it will be live in the next week or so, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, cool. we're talking about it tomorrow. We we just... Well, I don't know well, when rec- this... This is going tomorrow. Oh, wait. Huh? So when... <laughs> we always people will have be this hearing issue. this on Wednesday. This podcast <laughs> creates so many issues with time. Well, no, I just love the fact that... Because that, I've got this same problem where I'll record something and instantly put it out. Uh, so it's nice to hear we're talking about something and it'll actually be out. Yeah, see, uh, we'll be like, fashion. oh, how about that storm today? And it'll be like three months later that we publish it. <laughs> um, which, so, is, which is just great. Yeah, so uh, by the time people listen to this episode that, they're, that we are recording right now of uh, Jack of All Takes we may in fact be having a conversation about The Graduate, which people will be able to listen to the following Monday. Sweet. So Monday, everybody. Yes. Monday. Should we, should we date timestamp that? Monday. Okay. <laughs> That's as far as we're going to go. Well, thank you for being here. I'm very excited. And because of your expertise in movie dumb, we are going to talk about emphasis movie takes on, today. Emphasis on dumb. Yes. Um, also with us today is Cameron Horsley. He, so what happened essentially, Ian, is we lost a few of our co-hosts. Not they're not dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounded. Morbid. That was a really morbid okay, way we, to do that. And yeah. we didn't lose them either. It's it's. I just worded that so terribly. Um, <laughs> they are still with the show, but their their schedules are so sporadic that we brought on Dylan Doherty as a, a semi-permanent host to fill the gap, and 
uh, he is not here for his second <laughs> show as a semi-permanent host. <laughs> so We're really good at Cameron, <laughs> one of our rotating guests, has, uh, has stepped in gallantly to join the episode with a Russian beer in hand, Kami. It's very true. And, uh, well, wait, it's not true. Not a Kami. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm basically the backup punter for the podcast. That's the best way I can There you it. go. So, And I'm here, too. And I'm here. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, um, sometimes I guest on Kicking the Seat, too. Yes, and and hopefully you'll be joining us tomorrow to talk about The Graduate. I will. Yeah. My favorite thing is, hearing, is always hearing Ian's intros, because we record our conversation, but he always records an intro. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what nice things he's going to say about me this time. And I'm like, he must be running out. <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to our takes for the week. Um, like I said, we're going to do movie-themed takes, and everybody has some that I think will really incite some arguments. I'm, I'm really proud of everybody, because typically we get takes that are lukewarm, and everybody votes for them. It pisses me off. I want some hot takes, guys. Well, Ian and uh, Cameron came in with very detailed notes, <laughs> and I'm sitting here with yeah, two, we, we run two the show. words on my iPhone. I do have notes. Um, I mean, I don't come on here very often, okay, so, so I gotta show out. I think um, I'm going to start with mine this week because it's a little bit lighthearted, and it's a little more relatable given some of the movies that have come out recently. So without further ado, here I go. We saw Thor Ragnarok this, uh, this past week. And I fucking loved it. It was great. I thought Thor Ragnarok was awesome. It easily ranks in my top probably seven Marvel films, if not top five. I'd mm-hmm. really have to think about that. Um, but it brought up an interesting point because some some nerdy ass nerd behind me was like, Marvel has a villain problem. Herpa, derpa, derpa. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry. And I've heard this so many times that Marvel has a villain problem, that superhero movies don't have good villains, blah, blah, blah. And I, I think... Okay, so the the crux of my hot take is that if you think we have a villain problem in any franchise or movie, your expectations of what a villain should be are way too fucking high. Way mm. too high. Because when you watch a movie like Thor, and Hela is the villain, spoiler alert, <laughs> she's incredibly powerful. And most of the villains, like Hela, who have that kind of power, want to use it to take over the world. Okay, so this is, this is a kind of a human nature thing because when somebody has any power, any ability, they're going to do with it whatever they want, right? Typically, most people choose to abide by the law and do normal things, blah, blah, blah. Some people want to fucking take over the world. <laughs> and that's like an okay villain to me. That makes complete sense, and I think it's okay for a movie to have that kind of villain. And then there's the type of villain like the Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming who's doing it all for his family and realizing that hey, these superheroes are trying to help us, but they're also kind of fucking us over, and I'm going to use this to my advantage. I think that's even a little better than mm-hmm. the, I just want to take over the world. Um, and then, like, I, I know people are going to flip their shit over Infinity War and how Thanos isn't that believable as a villain. His, his motives are stupid, blah, blah, wishy-washy, blah, blah, blah. Or, like, Ego and Guardians too. But I just want Thanos to be, like, Jai fucking Gantic and throwing planets all over the place and that will be villain enough for me. So like I said, my hot take is that if you think there is a villain problem in modern movies, you need to rethink your expectations of what a villain should be. Discuss. Well put. Um, <laughs> I think we can all agree and move on. <laughs> yeah, I think personally it's never bothered me when a villain doesn't really have a long 
history or backstory. Like the Joker is one of my favorite villains and he literally just wants to watch the world burn and I'm okay with also, that. Also, I think one of the better villains. Yeah. Agreed. He's literally just um, insane. But then I'd be interested to ask those people you're referring to if they think the Joker is a good villain and why because you could well, argue with them that no, if you don't think Marvel has good villains, the Joker could also not well, be a good and villain. One quick point I meant to make is in Civil War, everybody like really liked the quote unquote villain Baron Zemo because mm. he wasn't actually the villain, right? He was just trying to turn the people against each other and that and in all the reviews they were like, Oh, this made it good that the people were fighting each other and I was like, It he was a good villain if he made him do that, I thought. Like I don't know. Two two quick points of contention. One, um we're talking about the Joker. Uh -oh. That's film the, critic in the house. <laughs> I, I'm putting aside my film critic hat. This is my comic book nerd hat. Reformed comic Fair. book nerd. Yeah. Uh, the Joker is DC, not Marvel. I'm sorry. Well, I know that. Oh, I know. Oh, I, okay. We're just. I was talking about villains in general. I need everybody to know right now that the Joker is not a Marvel villain. I know this. I know this. 100%. I also know this. I was using okay. Marvel as an example for the uh, the way people project their thoughts towards villains. Marvel is often the example cited. Yes. But yes. the Joker is an example of a villain that I enjoy. And then sure. I was using that as an example to counter those people because they probably think the Joker is a good villain. And 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 they would be right. The you Joker think is a you great can villain. come on our show and question <laughs> our knowledge? I am just trying to make sure everyone we've <laughs> properly set the table so we keep the nerd rage at bay. Yes. You've got a nice a apartment point. door and I don't want to see it broken down. Okay, yes. <laughs> to clarify, we know the Joker is DC. Okay. The second point is uh, Baron Zemo was not... Uh, a lot of critics, I think, liked his uh, character and what he was doing. Um, but there was a lot of, again, fan outrage that he was not the Baron Zemo from the comics. Uh, he was uh, he's got this kind of outrageous costume with this weird pinkish hood uh, and there was a lot of you know upset about that kind of going back to what they did with uh, Ben Kingsley's character in Iron Man 3 oh that was fucking trash I do no don't get me started on that I loved Ben Kingsley's character in Iron Man 3 uh, partially because it was another uh, it was exactly the upsetting of the fan expectations that makes those movies different and stand out. I am one of the people who has said that Marvel has a villain problem. Uh, I'm not as adamant You're about it. You're one of them. No, it does. It's it's not necessarily a deal breaker for me because uh, you know you can look at a movie like the first Guardians of the Galaxy, which I don't happen to particularly like. But trust me, I know I've read your reviews. There you go. I love <laughs> I love Guardians too, um, partially because of the villain and and what he and his relationship to the character now. One of my problems with Thor Ragnarok is that Hela has pretty much the same motivation and powers as Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, it's just that, you know, I saw that movie six months ago. Like, yeah, you're this thing that shows up. You're omnipotent. You draw your power from the center of a planet. And if the planet goes away, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just it bugs me that that movie, the first half of Thor, and we don't have to relitigate Ragnarok completely, but the first half of it I thought was really fun and adventurous and kind of out there and cool. It's like this weird space road trip. And the second half of it becomes every other Marvel comic book movie with, you know, someone fighting a whole bunch of CGI whatevers and the heroes end up okay. And, and Scourge is redeemed. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Kind of. As um, if it's... <laughs> I, well... <laughs> If you know the formula, you know what's going to happen. Well, the, one of the one of the issues I had is that from the moment, yeah, spoiler alert, uh, when Carl Urban shows up and uh, he kind of makes his deal with Hela, every shot in the movie of him 
is that moment that's supposed to be reserved for the end where he's making his choice, but literally every single one, every is single shot. Yeah. It's like, Oh, is that's this going to so be where true. I turn? Yeah. So I, I've, I, I liked Thor three. I thought it was one of the better Marvel movies. Um, but Kate Blanchett is hella beautiful costume. You know, she's a great actress. I just don't think she was given much to do. And I think there were other places that are hinted at in the screenplay for them to have gone that would not have necessarily ended up with, uh, you know, I've got to, you know, take over the world or destroy it or something. So what would you say makes like, what makes a good villain? Like when you say, damn, that's a good villain. Why is that the case? Do we just say like villains that want to take over the world are kind of played out or? Well, I think that's, that's That's part of the problem. That's an interesting question. A lot of people say like, uh, am I that scared of this villain? Like Mm. reasonably speaking, would I be that like scared of this, you know, villain? And to me, the answer is fucking yes. Like (laughs) if Hela came, she literally makes blades from her arms. Like, yeah, she's pretty badass. I, I think so, so there's that aspect, but I think in, in that case, most villains are scary, save for like Mysterio from Spider-Man. Um, the, the other thing to consider is that a villain has to have some sort of motive that feels grounded, yet also feels larger than life enough for them to be a supervillain. And I think a lot of people don't find the right... Well, a lot of people who watch the movies don't think Marvel or whoever's making them finds the right balance. It's either like a big brute that's going to destroy the world or like mm-hmm. somebody who's really smart but not that powerful. I think yeah. the thing with Marvel, though, is for me, the focus is not on the villains. And yeah. that's why I don't care as much. Like the focus is on the heroes. And that's what I yeah. go to see. I go to literally watch Thor and Hulk talk the entire film. I don't even care if they're fighting a villain. And Jeff Goldblum. Yes. <laughs> but like Cameron's yeah, eyes I, are dead right now because he hasn't seen the movie. And he's like, shit. Oh, my yeah. God. I was going to see it. <laughs> no, it's ruining okay. the whole um, thing. But yeah, I mean, I guess you could speak to this point, Cameron, but like, I mean, if you want to jump in, because this is a general point. But yeah, I don't, general for me, point. in Marvel films, again, I I would enjoy even if there wasn't a villain, that's how much I care about the heroes. So I guess it just doesn't bother me that much. I agree with that. And, and to me, you know, people complain about villains, but at the end of the day, like, that guy's in there to lose. That guy or girl <laughs> is in there to lose. You know what I mean? So to me, what's more important is... I guess you would say the development of like the heroes around that villain and the conflict mm-hmm. between them less so than the actual villain. They're the catalyst. Themselves. Exactly. Well, it's like the other, the other thing to consider is I am genuinely more scared of a villain like or I can feasibly project my fear if that villain were real if they are more relatable to a real life villain. For example, Voldemort is like very similar to Hitler. And that's fucking scary to me. Like, as I'm watching the Harry Potter films, like, I'm genuinely worried for the characters that I love. And I love Voldemort as a character, but, like, you know, it's a different kind of... It's more of an appreciation Hmm. for the writing and stuff. So it's like, when a villain has motives that are more relatable to the real world, I think a lot of people may see them as better constructed. Whereas when you have this guy who's just trying to, you know, ego, who's trying to just you know, make his blob expand over every planet. Like yeah, you, you can't think of that. Like you, or you can't, you can't think of what that would actually be like or feel like, uh, you can't, you can't say, Oh, I read this thing in my history book. That's just like that. You know? Yeah. To me, I really liked Vulture a lot in Spider-Man because I felt like he was, he was very human himself and he was just kind of like amassing power through stockpiling weapons and technology. And to me, that's something that I could wrap my head around. Right. Like somebody who's blowing up planets. I'm like, 
wet. <laughs> yeah. Like I, th- I would see a flash of light and then probably poop my pants. And exactly. Die. There's like no buildup for me. It's like, and to me, it's like this person should be winning, and the fact that they're losing is kind of crap too. Yeah, it's, it's also interesting. Like the villains that are more like human, human like. So like Vulture, the Joker obviously is a human. Like he doesn't really have any superpowers or anything. But like they're in series where the heroes are also a little more human. I think mm. like less. Yeah. They're not demigods or whatever, so I think they have to sort of have a villain that's similar in that way, so the hero has a chance. Has to be some sort of power equality. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'd maybe that's that. why people think Marvel's villains are crazy and out there. Well, because then they have to be because you can't have Thor fighting like the Joker because that's just no so, contest, right? Right. Another thing to consider is in Pitch Perfect Two. Which is not a superhero movie. Uh, you, they're, they're acapella superheroes. Let's go with it. I can say um, you can make an argument. So. The Germans <laughs> kicked their fucking asses in that final competition, and they sing like this awesome medley, blah blah blah, whatever. And then the the Bellas go up and they sing this really slow ass original song, and they hold some candles, and then they win. And it's like this: the Germans should have won. <laughs> American <laughs> exceptionalism at its finest. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's perfect too. How dare the you? The Germans had a better performance. Well, this is at least this is what Dylan thinks. I'm not sure if I 100% agree, but it's funny to hear Dylan talk about it because he's like, they had a better song. <laughs> so it's it. They're they're a pretty believable villain, an acapella group. <laughs> maybe Thor should fight an acapella group. Maybe that maybe Ooh. that's the ticket. Yeah. No, I I think that when you can put <laughs> the power was in your voice all along. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok Capella. There you go. Sorry, Love that's it. a win. Bit of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I think I'll always have a problem relating. Well, not maybe relating is not the right term. I'll always have a problem with uh, super villains that are trying to match heroes that are truly super, like um, Superman, Thor, because you can never in any way personally relate to the villain. So the character develop, development, I feel like, is always going to feel kind of distanted. Yeah. So, because like Vulture is a great example of someone. He's just fighting for his family, trying to provide for them. That's something that you can relate to on a human level. You don't want to kill him. Exactly. Like, you want to kill Hela. Yeah. Exactly. You just want to That is the entire goal. (laughs) I I just relate to the humanity of the heroes and villains, I think. Well, then, how do you feel? Like, do you. Okay, say you were somebody in Gotham. Do you want the Joker dead? Or do you want him rehabbed? Oh, the Joker's such a good character, though, because I want him, he's such like an. Well, I want him to stay alive so that there's so more, he can movies. Kill more people. Okay, I yeah, understand, exactly. but like, <laughs> okay, but no, like you're in Gotham and the Joker is wreaking havoc and like it's affecting you, like, I want him dead. I, for I just, sure, I just want him locked up. That's that's some liberal propaganda, <laughs> or that's some conservative propaganda. We need to we need to rehabilitate the Joker. It's my inner Tennessee coming out, you know. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> my my one counterpoint to uh, the idea of the unrelatable supervillain is ego from Guardians of the Galaxy too, because um, he's your dad. Uh, because he is <laughs> because he is a dad. Now I watched that movie the night before my second son was born, so I'm a little bit uh, biased. But what I liked about that character is it's essentially about an organism trying to propagate itself. And, you know, it has an offspring that works, and so it wants to expand and basically take over everything. That's what organisms do. Mm-hmm. Same. He, he was, uh, Ego was evil only in the sense that he was unstoppable in his ultimate goal, and he didn't quite understand his son who developed, you know, feelings. It's, mm-hmm. you don't want to go into the family business with me kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it wasn't, uh, it had world-ending implications, but in the end it felt very intimate, um, the, the their struggle. Uh 
now as far as Thanos when he shows up, I am interested in Infinity War only because of the heroes. I couldn't care less about Thanos. He spent the last how many Marvel movies have there All been? All of them? Yes. And he shows up in like the stinger or like for two minutes in a thing. And like during one of the stingers, he literally like picks up and he picks up the glove and he's like, I got to do this myself. And that yeah. was like four movies ago. I'm like, where is he already? <laughs> it's like, well, that's that's another thing to consider. And this is what we'll end on in my takes. We got to move on. But like... <laughs> The Infinity War movies are going to have to explain how all of these characters come together. Mm. And I guess Ragnarok kind of does that in the end, and I won't spoil it for Cameron, but like there's a there's a way some people are brought to a certain place where they will meet other people. Um <laughs> very vague. Um Do they go hiking? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. They all get really high together. Nice. That sounds but great. Essentially they do that and then like uh it, you have to explain why all of these characters are now together, and then you also have to explain Thanos because the only the only real development we get about Thanos is through Gamora and Nebula, mm-hmm. and uh, that's not enough. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. We know he just wants to wreck shit, and if that's what it's going to be, you know what? I'll watch it anyway. And the movie's going to have to be like five hours long to stuff all these yeah, characters. Well, it is in two it. movies. At least five hours. I'm long. talking each one is going to be yeah, five ten, hours. Ten hours total. I'd be okay with that. Same. I wish Harry Potter was like that. And you could and you could have peeves in there. Okay, cool. Well, uh, as usual, my take was awesome. Let's, <laughs> let's was. move on to um, a little more serious take. Ian, why don't you hit us with yours? I have a day job. It's real life. I don't know if it's going to get me fired or not. Um, no, you, the this, way you phrased it in your Facebook message to me was very, very wait, correct. I don't know what Ian's take it. This yeah, notebook has it. lines and dots and. All kinds of well. well in fairness, so a lot organized. of this is from other other like notes from other things. No, he has like six pages of notes here. Oh, well, yeah, it's a new notebook. I'm really intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> For Jack of all takes, is like a half a page. Um, <laughs> no, so I'm gonna I'm gonna step very lightly <laughs> into this topic. Can like you, I said, the Facebook message you sent me. Maybe you should pull that up and just read it. So no, I, don't, I, felt, uh, no. I can if you want. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so essentially, there's been a lot of uh, news in the last month or so uh, regarding Hollywood and, and beloved entertainers and not so beloved entertainers. I think it kicked off with uh, the Harvey Weinstein story and has now mm-hmm. encompassed everyone from Brett, Brett Ratner to Kevin Spacey to James Toback to Alec Baldwin to Dustin Hoffman. Um, hey, we just watched one of his movies. Yes, which is that was why... That right? Did, yes. Um, <laughs> very good, Cole. I'm only going to half shout out until I hear what this take is yeah depending on how this goes we might not have the conversation about movies uh, about the graduate tomorrow because it gets to the heart of um i i read a facebook post from a friend um i won't name uh you know because i'm not having this argument with him um uh, but it it seems to echo a sentiment that has been kind of brewing in the last couple of years whenever these kinds of allegations come out which is the idea that someone who is a filmmaker in particular and really nasty things are revealed about them we should not support their art don't watch their movies anymore don't you know rent their videos whatever don't buy the tickets to their movies don't go see their plays uh and i totally understand that point of view but I don't know if I can necessarily accept it because of uh, all of the art that people who take that stance are missing out on if they have not yet experienced that person's work. Um, So, for example, The Graduate, which we just watched, if you take a stance that what Dustin Hoffman allegedly did, and it seems like more more than an allegation, uh, it's disgusting behavior happened you know 30 years ago but there's no necessarily indication that he has stopped uh because we don't you know 
we don't have cameras following him around all the time uh, or recording devices. Uh, but in order to take the stance that I'm going to boycott his work, if you've never seen The Graduate before, it's a hell of a movie that involved a lot of other creative people. It's not just about him. So I don't have a hard line on this because I can understand both sides of it. But it's difficult for me to say I'm never going to watch another movie from, you know, produced by the Weinstein company again. Like, yeah, I, it was interesting. You said that you said that there are so many other people involved because that's something I hadn't considered before. My, my first thing was like, yes, when somebody does something terrible, which, again, should be condemned and they should be punished for it. Yeah, it, do, it does not mean that the, the thing they have created is intrinsically tied to that. Mm -hmm. But to some people who may have been affected by the actions, I do like like you said, I understand how it could be. It, it, they they could feel the need or want which is completely valid to not pursue that art. And something that comes to mind for me is Michael Jackson, hmm. because you know, he's not exactly a movie star. Um, he's dead actually, but <laughs> like I, I still listen to Michael Jackson. I didn't choose to boycott him um, at the time of the allegations. And like, even when he died, I was in a place where I really didn't understand the, uh, the nature of what sexual assault meant. Like mm. I was still, I wasn't as educated as I am now point blank, but um I still listen to his body of work, understanding that he did some terrible things. And like, that's something you also don't want to forget. Like, you know, bad people can make good things and good people can do bad things. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's very, uh, it's a very tight line that we're walking here. And, and just let me ask you a quick question. You say you listen to his stuff. When was the last time you bought a Michael Jackson album or do you just like listen to stuff that you bought a long time ago or do you listen to like something like Spotify where it's just kind of quote unquote free with a monthly subscription? Well, I own a bunch of his music. Okay. A lot of it actually. Did you buy um, any of it after these allegations came out? Yeah. At, at least a few songs. Okay. Um, I have no way to like, I'm sure I could look it up, but I, you know, <laughs> there's no reason for me to track it, but, um, I have like bought a record, you know, thriller or whatever. Um, but when, when I'm buying his music, it doesn't, it, it doesn't occur. And it's probably my privilege. Like, you know, I, I, I've never been affected by this type of thing. Um, and I can easily separate it mentally speaking, but some people can't. So it's like, I go to buy his album and that's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, oh, I want to listen to Thriller. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Sorry. I'm just noodling on this one. It, there's a lot to noodle. Music, I think is a little different than movies. The first thought I had when Ian was bringing up the take was that there are so many other people involved in a film. Um, ah, he said that. Yes. So the, yeah, you brought this up. True fact. <laughs> I will reiterate. Um, but I think to not watch an art because of that, just like, an art, an art, it <laughs> disservices the other people as well who put a lot of work and energy into it. And I don't know if that's the best thing. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, let's say the company that we all work for, like something awful happened with one of the higher ups. And then all of a sudden, like nobody, like people boycott the company. And we all lose our jobs. Like that's kind of, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of the same. It's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, uh, this is, this may be, I don't want to offend anybody by saying this, but the be the most boiled down way I can think to put it is like the person did those things. The movie did not. Yeah. But the person made the movie. So like there is a connection there and I understand mm -hmm. how people will make it and they will respond to it how they see fit. But that doesn't mean that the movie or the art that the person created is responsible for the actions taken by the person. Now it gets a little bit gray when you look at something like the Weinstein Company. I'm, I've, it may sound like I'm going back to contradict my own take, but it does get complicated in that it was Harvey Weinstein, but 
some of the stories that have come out regarding uh, his legal contract, where they actually had stipulations in there, like if you are accused by another person of sexual, you know, inappropriate behavior, we're going to fine you two hundred fifty thousand dollars. If it happens after that, the second offense is five hundred thousand, and after that's a million. So it was written into his contract by the company he helped found to, you know, he had to pay you know a penalty or hush money essentially um so it's gross there needs to be some kind of a balance between being able to make this art and put it out there and give people something to you know consume and appreciate Mm -hmm. while also bringing down thor's hammer on anybody who is you know perpetrating this kind of uh, yeah sorry mjolnir uh (laughs) anyone who's doing this kind of you know gross nonsense right well like any i mean this (laughs) this may be again like a pretty stupid connection to make but you review a movie, you're holding their art accountable. The person should be held accountable. Like it, if somebody like us was to do one of those things, it wouldn't be, oh, you pay $250,000 and it's, it's done. That's not how it works. That's not how it should work. And, um, you know, there should be steps taken to make sure that's not how it works in the future. You know, we, we don't, (laughs) we, we need to hold the people to as high of standards as we hold the things we expect them to make. Yeah. And also if you, honestly, I hate to say this, but I feel like if you start limiting your watching or your art appreciation to people who've never, uh, you know, done horrible things, you're going to just not, you're going to have to turn your back on art because yeah, uh, that list true. is becoming smaller and smaller. I mean, it's like every couple of days. Yeah, we have like whoever created the bucket list. It's a shit movie. And, I, and I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about the actual bucket list and it's kind of low. And, <laughs> and I mean, there's a lot of very depraved people that actually make beautiful art i mean you could argue stephen king is one of those people well i don't know anything about him personally he's got he can go to well i know he had a big alcohol and cocaine problem 30 and 40 years ago Mm -hmm. oh i see where you're going with this i like this but 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 you know what i mean like people people themselves are nuanced Mm -hmm. but their art is art regardless of necessarily who they are as a person and sometimes sad to say what kind of monsters they are as a person directly impacts the art which millions of people fall in love with. True. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess a question I would have for people who want to boycott in this way is why they're boycotting it in that way. So, like, are they doing it because it makes them feel better that they're not indulging in this person's, or are they actually trying to have, like, a financial impact? Because obviously they probably aren't really. Um yeah, so I guess that would be a question I have for those people, too. Uh, what I understand of the, the argument being made by this specific person I have in mind mm-hmm. is just do uh, it's a, a, a way to keep the, the culture from propagating itself, like mm-hmm. taking a stand. You know, we're going to hit you in your wallet and also sh- socially, like, if you do this, you're not going to be able to work. You're not going to get your movies right. made or your voice out there. And and I, again, I agree in spirit in a weird way mm-hmm. um, as far as the personal accountability. But mm-hmm. again, I don't know. Well, and, and again, my privilege enables me to do this. But like if it was me and it was a choice between boycotting somebody's movies, music, whatever, or volunteering my time or money to an organization that helps prevent this type of thing mm-hmm. or that helps support the victims, mm-hmm. I would choose the latter because I feel like that makes more of a difference. Mm -hmm. But again, like I could be, it could literally just be like, I am privileged enough to do so. And some people feel like the way they can make a difference is by boycotting the art. And that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Cool. Sorry to bring everyone down guys. No, no, that was good. This was was probably our heaviest take since the gun one. 
How dare you? <laughs> in Tennessee. No, it was have... good. It's just... <laughs> Everyone's going to think Cameron is. Was, like... I'm not. I'm from Florida, guys. So let's just get this straight. It brought up a lot of interesting points that I don't think, like, a lot of people are really quick to just say one thing or another here. And it's like, there's, you know, there's so many things to consider. And if you have, you know, the capacity to think through the issue without, you know, being mentally hurt or physically hurt, like you, you should do so. You should you should explore this kind of issue. Sure. And there's a lot of ways to to reach out in this issue. Yes. Such as I believe for House of Cards, after all the Kevin Spacey stuff, it was sort of like a Twitter movement or a social media movement where people were asking Netflix to just cancel the show and they whether or not it was planned beforehand or not, they ultimately are pausing the show or ending the show, correct? Mm -hmm. and so they that's a he, way people interject. They, they said they would not move forward with production if he's involved. Yep. And and I hate to, to be that guy, but in addition to that cancellation announcement, they also announced they're, I mean, they're cutting ties with Kevin Spacey. And one of those ties included a movie, a biopic he was going to do about Gore Vidal, who was one of my favorite, you know, political mm -hmm. figures. And I love Kevin Spacey as a performer. Um, so I was kind of heartbroken. But then again, I think of, you know, <laughs> poor Anthony Rapp wriggling out from underneath him. At I a love 14 -year -old Anthony boy. Rapp. Yeah. I love him. Ugh. And then his defense of it was just even worse. Oh, God. Yeah. So it's just, we don't even know. Everything about there, that situation about was, it was just, just awful. What do you mean? It, it reaffirmed everything I've was, always suspected about. No, sorry. It was an absolute, <laughs> like, it, if there is, when you look up dumpster fire in the dictionary, there's just Kevin Spacey giving a thumbs up. Like, right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, yes, I stole your food. And also, I'm choosing to live my life as a person who eats food. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that is not how you apologize. No, no. Um, not great. Well, that, Ian, that was a great take. Thank you. Um, especially since it's your first time on the show. Quite a quite a heavy one. My, my first time High was bar. rewarding, but it kind of hurt a little bit. I'm glad you were here to walk me through it. No, it was really oh. great. Uh, we had a lot of good things to talk about. And if anybody listening, it, if it is within your means to support somebody who has been a victim of sexual assault, you should do so. Um, and watch good movies. Yes. <laughs> Um, you can Aaron, do both simultaneously. I, just maybe don't. If, if the person needs that, <laughs> don't take the person who is a victim of sexual assault to see a movie by the Weinstein Company. That's Probably, a good idea. Yeah, no, yes. not not the best move. Excellent yes. idea. Um, uh, Advice from Jack of all tastes. There you go. <laughs> Advice things, things you should never do. Thank you. That's been our segment. Um, okay, well, let's move on to our middle segment for the week. We're just going to talk really quickly. Each of us is going to give two movies that have left an impact on us. Um, they can be from long ago. They can be recent. Um, the impact could be terrible, but just let us know. Aaron's going to start. I'm going to go with not terrible impact so we can bring <laughs> up the energy. Um, so my first film, these are both going to be from childhood, and that's why they affected me in some way. So the first one is Annie. Mm. Um, with Carol Burnett and that version, not the like newer version, not the newest Jamie Foxx version, uh, but the Carol Burnett version. It was the first musical I ever saw either on stage or in film. And it's because of that that I started to love musicals. And to this day, I love musicals. So that had a big impact. Also a great film. Very sad um, and happy. <laughs> Does she of, die? 
Yep. Spoilers. <laughs> cool. Um, the sun came out over her grave. The oh. second one, which I... It wasn't even tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, the second one is actually Billy Madison. Um, the reason being, my brother and I as kids like really bonded over this film. I probably saw it too young where I didn't get most of the humor and it was probably much too inappropriate for me to be watching. Uh, but it was something my brother and I really bonded over. Uh, because of that, I love Adam Sandler and have gone back and just watched all of his films and I like to think it's shaped sort of my humor and my brother and I's relationship. So those are my two. Cool. Be cool. I'm going to go. Um, witness, because I realized that everybody thinks who thinks Kelly McGillis is attractive is wrong. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, okay, but actually, um, I'm. let me start over. I'm going to say Napoleon Dynamite because uh, Napoleon Dynamite, I watched it, I think, in fifth or sixth grade. No, maybe seventh grade. And um, I, it was one of the first movies like where I realized, oh, wait, I'm allowed to like things just because I think they're funny. And it's like, it doesn't matter what other people think of them. Um, because I loved it and I would talk with people who hated it and I'd be like, well, I think it's funny and fuck you. I did not like the film. See? And that's okay. I would like to rewatch it though. We should do that. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> that, that, that would be a good one to rewatch because I, I hated Napoleon loved Dynamite it. the first I time. I really didn't like the it. The first time I watched it. It's so good. I went back and watched it. Tomatoes. I don't know if that's true. Fact check that. <laughs> I, I have be. to look now. Um, but I went back and watched it probably 10 years later and something clicked and I got it. I'm like, I love this movie. Yep. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, I could, uh, speaking of comedies, I could watch Borat every day for the rest of my life and laugh every single time. Yes. Um, <laughs> very <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> uh, my second one is 2001, a space odyssey. Wow. For those of you who listen to late screening, um, you'll know that I love it and I talk about it in every episode. <laughs> and, um, the interesting thing about it is I saw it and at the time I didn't really know what to make of it. And Ian and I were podcasting about it and about halfway through the episode, I really realized like, damn, that movie was awesome. Like it took me a day and a half to finally realize what exactly I had watched. <laughs> and I like, I literally cannot stop talking about it on any episode we record. So brown noser, watch it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was funny because we were recording and like there was one, there was one sentence I kind of began not really knowing what I was trying to say, but like I had a general message, general message in my head. And uh, like, as I said it, I finished it saying like, this is like a masterpiece of storytelling and it's unbelievable. And Ian's like, eyes got all wide and he was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, was not expecting me to end that way. So uh, yes, listen to that episode and watch the movie. <laughs> um, Napoleon Dynamite got a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, not 94. You're and, off by 20. That's true. That's pretty good. The critic consensus is a charming, quirky, and often funny comedy. Often funny is an understatement. That movie is hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> Give me some of your tots. <laughs> All right, Ian. Um, there, there are so many movies that have impacted me. Um, I'll, I'll choose two. One is uh, Star Wars. That's kind of like cheating because... Uh, that that movie is in my pop cultural DNA. Phantom Menace. Again, we're talking about Star Wars. <laughs> uh, and the other movie is uh, Better Off Dead. 
uh, the John Cusack uh, comedy from 1985. Never seen it. I I know. We're gonna have to fix that. <laughs> um, no, it's a it's a it's a wacky comedy about a guy whose girlfriend breaks up with him, and he spends the entire movie trying to kill himself. And through various series of events, he's he's unable to do so. He meets someone else, and you know, learns about the the value of you know, moving on. And Not stuff. killing yourself. Uh, yeah, um, but it's it's a really wacky out there describing it as sort of an airplane style comedy is not quite right but it's close uh and my wife who she also loves the movie it's one of the things we bonded over uh we actually had a better off dead themed wedding in a movie theater see themed weddings are a thing aaron harry potter theme let's go do it well that's awesome i can't wait Cameron? to see it <laughs> oh pass the rock okay um so for me now feed me the rock <laughs> we're not doing this um for me, the first one I would have to say is Hot Rod. Oh, I, I fucking be... love that movie. I still have not and seen Hot Rod. That's by the guys who do the Feed Me the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> we like sports music yep. video. Yeah, that's you a haven't seen good Hot movie. Rod. No, I've, special I, edition of late screening. For I, sure. I dig the Lonely Island. Um, oh, it's so funny. You would get a real kick out of it. Sweet. To me, that was the movie that really, and I'm showing my intense youth here. This really <laughs> shaped comedy for me, and like what I found funny was Hot Rod was that first comedic movie that really clicked and kind of shaped the way that i view humor now so like that very like stupid slapstick dry mm -hmm. sense of humor is something that embodies my entire life you gotta now. see have you seen pop star i haven't oh it's so <laughs> good i gotta watch pop star man i gotta <laughs> do, need to do a feature so of hot. bad but so good. maybe early next year we can do a late screening uh, a, a flipped version where you watch the lonely island movies let's yeah we'll pencil They're it in we'll make it happen yeah, so Hot Rod is definitely the number one most influential for me. The next, I would have to say, is The Prestige. <gasps> I fucking mm. love that movie. Pretty, pretty everybody sure I like, says I think I like The Illusionist. Wait, 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 wait. You saw it though, right? I've seen both, yeah. Okay, I just didn't want any spoilers. By both, I mean The Prestige, the Prestige and The Illusionist. The Prestige is amazing. <laughs> it's probably my top like 10 favorite it's, films ever. It's my favorite movie of all time, and the reason for that is I think it has some of... A lot of how I value movies is would I watch this again and would I watch it again and again? And the answer for the prestige is yes, a million times mm -hmm. because you always catch something new that you didn't catch before. Yeah, yeah but no I do that with Harry Potter. So. No spoilers. I, I think that I think that my standard of what I expect, like out of a thoughtful movie experience, was shaped by watching the prestige mm. and now when i go go into a movie that's supposed to have like depth to it now you gotta I'm watch like, 2001 feel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how i want to feel when i walk out is that i watch it again and i discover something more i discover more and you just start like i just love that feeling yeah so. great answers from everybody um i thought <laughs> it's funny you say that because after we walked out of thor i told her i'm like i want to see that again and she's like yeah like we can see it again and i was like no like in the theaters i want to see it again <laughs> and that's how you know a movie's like really good because i think a lot of times there's movies that are very it's hard for me to go see a movie in theaters once let alone yeah. twice mm -hmm. like yeah and that's yeah I think guardians I, was the last one i saw twice mm -hmm. i think i've recommended the prestige to people more than like any other film too mm -hmm. just because it's that good yeah like civil war is an example of one i'm like that was a really good movie and then i'm like but do i really have a desire to watch it again like not necessarily I yes did. because i fell asleep <laughs> 10 minutes in because it was cinco de mayo and, and we she took had like tequila eight shots, shots of tequila that was not eight shots of tequila it was like two shots of tequila which is a sweet spot to fall asleep. well i also don't think you could count if you had eight shots of tequila so you know 
I'm trusting Cole on this one. <laughs> I watered him down. <laughs> okay, uh, who wants to go next? I kind of want to end on Cameron's because I think it's going to be a hell of a discussion. All right, cool. Okay, e- well, why don't you go then? E-Matt in the building. E-Matt. Um, yes, so... The churro. I just figured out what you were saying. There you go. <laughs> it's cool. Um, so... And your chores. That one's not as good. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not as good. Um, so my take has to do with animated films, um, recent animated films, and it really bugs me that animated films have moved into a space where they feel like they have to cast big names as the main characters in the animated films. And this bothers me for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't think kids really notice that they're famous people, obviously, because they're not familiar with the voices, but for me, I can't take in a new character most of the time when I know the actor who is behind the voice. So a great example of this is Idina Menzel in Frozen. I could not do that. That is not, <laughs> no, not under any circumstances. And it ruined the movie for me, to be completely honest. But like, I miss the Disney movies of the past where it was just like a no one they casted. I loved Moana. They, they still cast like a random girl to play Moana. And I felt it was perfect. And I don't know exactly why they've moved into this new theme of casting big names, probably to get people in the seats. Money. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Um, are you talking specifically animated movies or animated characters also in live action movies? Because Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper are No, awesome. I'm talking specifically animated movies because okay. that doesn't bother okay, me Okay, back to Vin much. Diesel then. The Iron Giant. Perfect. <laughs> but Vin Diesel was not known when the Iron Giant came out. That very was, true. That was still very early Vin Diesel. It was his breakout role. Yeah. Um, okay, what about Up? Was there anyone famous in Up? Exactly. Well, that's why Up was I... incredible, though. I know. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, it, it depends on what you mean by known. And this, this is where it gets kind of tricky. Cause sure. Ed Asner oh, we're was... not all members of the Chicago Film Critics Association. <sighs> well, I know that there's voice actors <laughs> yeah. who do a lot of no, character I'm, voices. What I'm talking about, like like people who were, let's say, in the case of Up or even like Finding Nemo and Finding Dory, you've got Ed Asner playing the voice of uh, Carl, Carl Good- Gustafson. Or Fred, what the, uh, Carl Fredrickson. Red Fredrickson, sorry. <laughs> You're so close. Yeah. Um, it's another like Dutch sounding name. Um, but uh, he, Ed Asner was, you know, huge decades earlier. Albert Brooks, who, you know, played Marlon in the, the Finding movies, uh, a big name actor. And that's what's always interesting to me. You can, is casting someone who perhaps was a big star and maybe not known in that in that kind of realm but when you look at the the cast of the lion king you know live action cgi remake whatever john favreau is doing and it's like beyonce and okay Seth wait, Rogen wait 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 you made a and face. donald glover you made a face when you talked about the live action remakes jungle book was fucking fire it was okay, i loved thank- the jungle book thank you uh, my, I just maybe it's just me because Jungle Book was like what fifty years old or something like that mm-hmm. when they remade it. For me, The Lion King and it might just be prejudiced because of my age. I'm like that movie's only like well, even twenty years old. The animated Lion King had Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick in it. Yeah, but by that point, like Nathan, I mean Nathan Lane was yeah he was he was known and Matthew Broderick again had been known but he wasn't you I, know it wasn't like Ferris Bueller wasn't like it wasn't yeah, like saying Justin Timberlake is okay voice well now that I'm thinking about it the thing is with the Lion King is a great example because there was there were a lot of famous people in that the movie was not like advertised as Nathan Lane that's, Matthew that's, Broderick that's my perspective whereas right. like for yeah. example we were talking about Pixar uh, what's the Feely movie. 
um, up. Inside Out? No, no Inside Out. Inside yeah. Out. Yeah. It was literally branded around, it's Amy Poehler, yeah. it's yeah. Phyllis from The Office, like it's all these, it's Mindy Kaling. And I was just like... It's a great I, movie either to, way. To be and honest, I liked the movie, but the entire time I like couldn't change, I, I, I could only picture Amy Poehler and I could only picture Phyllis from The Office, so I couldn't 100% take in these new characters. Yeah, it disconnects you from, like thinking of the real person that you physically know from something else takes away from the animated character aspect. And I think that the reason they do it now is it's obviously a marketing ploy because you're like, the parents know who these actors and actresses are, and they're the ones who are going to bring the kids to the movie, so we'll just make them the voice actors. I'm very confused by this, though, because like when you see John Hamm or fucking any, any, Anna Kendrick in any movie, do you think like, oh, that's Anna Kendrick, it's not the character I'm watching? Uh, I have that problem, but that's just me. Well, I'm, I, I, I don't. Know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like I have it less if I'm watching an animated movie, but if it's live action and it's like, and and they're not playing it that well, I'm like, oh, that's, that's I, just an actress that I know. It's it's a different step because when I, for example, you're, let's say I'm watching Pitch Perfect because we love that example on this show. So, Pitch Perfect is a great series. Um, if critical I'm, darling, if, if I'm watching Pitch Perfect, I'm not like, oh, that's Anna Kendrick because I'm I'm not thinking about the real human being. I'm thinking about like. When I think it's Amy Poehler in Inside Out, I'm thinking of Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. And like that's her other characters is what mess messed me up. Like the whole time I'm just thinking about Leslie Nope, like running the parks. Only department. because you're hearing her voice and not seeing her? Yes. I that's weird to me. Yeah, it's just because I like that. It seems voice, like that's that's a connection that would be harder to make through animation. Well, that it's voice, like I multiple step connection. Well, it's like that voice I automatically associate with that, and so it doesn't allow me to connect with the animated character. Whereas Toy Story, I don't know who did the voice of but Woody you don't, or anything. But you don't associate her like if you see Amy Poehler in fucking Bad Moms or whatever. I don't think she was in that, but <laughs> if you see her in a movie, you don't think, oh, I connect her with Leslie Nope. No, because she's actually acting out in person a totally different character. How do you know she's not? Well, okay. okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm just I'm just curious because to me, like Ian said, I have that problem once in a while where if a character isn't that fleshed out in a movie, I'm like, oh, it's just Scarlett Johansson playing another random robot. I have that problem with Anna Kendrick because she kind of plays but the like, same part in every movie. But, but like, like, she's really true. fucking cool, Scarlett, so I like it. Yes. But then Scarlett Johansson played Ka in The Jungle Book, which is a mega sex. And I, I was like, oh, this is just Ka. Yeah, I, well, a couple of, and I'll, I'll try and keep these short. Um, what the, the one pet peeve I have just of myself is when I forget to check the IMDb listing of an animated film before I go in. Oh my God, and, and you don't know who it is. And it's just <laughs> bugging me for 90 minutes. Oh, like, see, wait, who is that? Oh. I love when we go to him because then I am treated as if I am IMDb and it's, who is that voice? Because you oh. know things usually. <laughs> I got to see more movie animated movies with you. But the other thing, as far as like why they put these, uh, you know, hire these big marquee names, it's to put it, you know, at the top of the poster. You didn't sure. used to see that, you know, 20 years ago mm -hmm. but i think it's also because we're in a perpetual marketing machine like the lion king isn't going to be out for another was it a year or two years something that's like a whole that. different thing i hate that it's minute, like they yeah. want to they want to plant the seeds of recognition and publicity like hey beyonce is going to be in this movie that you're eventually going to see and then it's all about like the featurettes and the Some personality inception. not the actual movie yeah that, <laughs> that's a good point i just for me it feels like inside out would have done just as well if they would have cast just anyone in it i think well I want to say it would have been better for me, but I don't know if it would have done better in the box office. Yeah, the other thing to consider is that voiceover artists, like who specifically do that, are typically very good 
at doing different voices yes. and yes. catering to exactly what mm-hmm, the character needs. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of all over the place on this take because <laughs> like sometimes I see it it's, and sometimes it's a I don't. It's a fun conversation. Well, because like in Moana, the Lin-Manuel Miranda thing, like the song he sang, I was like, well, that's just fucking Lin-Manuel. Like he can't sing that well, but he can write, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but voiceover artists are so good and it's unbelievable. Like a, a good example here is in the Batman games for like PS4, Xbox One, whatever. Um, Mark Hamill voices the Joker in the first two, and then they get this guy named I think it's Troy Baker, who to voice the Joker in the in the third one, and he does an amazing job. And like you know, I, people may have shit all over it, but like, it's really good. And he's trained to do this kind of thing, and it's like th- that can kind of be a reassurance to say, oh, you know, you don't have to hire a famous actor to do this well, voice because they may be a one. Yeah, pony. and same point is. Seth MacFarlane and Hank, what's his name? Sim- Azaria. Like, yeah, they do. They do like dozens of voices in TV. But I think maybe I was gonna like counter my point slightly. <laughs> I think maybe it also has to do with how much I agree with the casting. Because when you brought up Finding Nemo, I was like, shit, Ellen DeGeneres was <laughs> so good in that she movie. Was. And no one else would have been as good of a Dory. Yeah. It but could be hard to cast reason, animated characters. And if you get it right, it's well, really good. And they got that right. And I feel like there's places where they, like Timon is Nathan Lane. And, and they just got it right. So there it is doesn't a, bother me. There is a game that our company released. It, uh, it's about a party. And there's this girl who did a voice. It was like a redhead character, really nerdy. And this girl at our company did a voice for it. And it was like pitch perfect. It was amazing. It was Anna Kendrick? <laughs> that, well, I see what you did there. Thanks for adding that joke, but the actual joke is that Aaron voiced a character in a slot machine. I totally missed the joke. And it is hilarious. It is like this nerdy girl who like shows up to a party. I don't want to name the actual like game just because yeah, super secrets, but um, it, it's hilarious. Go play slots. You'll probably figure it out. So. Yep. I, I think what All the slots... I think what bothers me the most is when maybe it's just the fact that they advertise around the voices. Maybe mm-hmm. the voices yeah, wouldn't... Because... I felt like when Finding Nemo coming out, it was they were advertising the movie and it wasn't just constantly, hey, like Ellen DeGeneres is Dory. Like it wasn't always in your face. It was your kids are going to flip their shit so much they vomit when they see this movie. Because it is so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Because like, whereas Inside Out is like, they literally just wanted to throw all of these actors together. They just threw the names at you. And I feel like that happens way too much with animated movies. Like give me the content of the animated characters themselves and use that as the marketing point. Don't use just the big names. Sure. And I think, uh, uh, again, another good example of how they did it well was with Moana, how the main princess, she is a random girl and it was very cool. They actually showed the story of how they like did all the auditions and it was an open audition and she's literally a no one that it cast. And then they had the rock Mm-hmm. beside her <laughs> and he was so good in that film and I, it just wasn't advertised so much as I mean they did say obviously Dwayne Johnson is in this film and yeah but cool. I remember seeing the marketing for that and for some reason that didn't like stick, stand out stick it was more me. like yeah it wasn't like The Rock The Rock I mean The, the rock, rock is in <laughs> like, this movie yeah. what, what can he say except you're welcome <laughs> okay but again uh, just great casting so it didn't bother me as much cool well that was another great take Thank you for bringing it to the table. For those who are listening, we're recording at a table. Uh, Cameron, why don't we finish off the episode with your super hot take? This is like as hot as a lightsaber wound to the stomach. This is going to piss everybody (laughs) in the universe off. No pun intended. In the galaxy? In the galaxy. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Um, I I will guard it. (laughs) 
So <laughs> I hate everything. <laughs> I don't like what's happening here. Okay, so <laughs> so what I'll preface it with is I don't want it to come off as me thinking that this franchise isn't important because it is. And even it's like, with, it's like the Beatles. Yeah, exactly. you don't have to like their music, but you have to understand their influence. I recognize the importance and the influence. My take. I wouldn't be so kind and quick to make this comparison if I if you were going to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so what I'll say is that I don't think that the Star Wars franchise, ultimately as a whole, is that good. And I think that in a lot of ways, it's viewed more as a cultic religion than it is a group of people who are objectively critiquing the movies. Um, so I made a couple notes here of why I just, think that. Just a few paragraphs <laughs> on his phone. There, 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 are some, there are some movies, I think, in there that you can argue are good. But I think that if you pick... The it, Attack of the Clones. If you're picking out of a hat, there's a 50% chance that you're going to get a real turd. I like Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <gasps> I also so like I, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I'm also, I'm not, Let's fucking go. Obviously, <laughs> as, as, as this... I'm not a huge Star Wars nerd, so if you're going to try to get into like the Kit nuances... Fisto. Yeah, if you're going to try to get into the nuances of Star Wars, you're going to kick my ass. You like, look like a such fact. a Kiati Moondai right now. <laughs> no idea what that means. I'm kind of proud of it. Chupasa Mifasa, slamo. God damn it. Okay. Oh my God. All right, so... <laughs> 1999, The Phantom Menace. Uh, The note I have on it was that it was so boring, it was hard to focus until the end with Darth Maul and Jar Jar Binks is freaking awful. (laughs) That was so impressive. (laughs) That's such a waste of voice acting talent. (laughs) It's also Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. But to me, very, very simple. So, my point on this is that people will say, the Star Wars franchise is incredible. And I will point to this movie and I will say, you're ignoring some like a real (laughs) fucking turd in order to say that the entire franchise is good. And if you're going to argue with me that this is a good movie, I just can't have It's like saying a pile of shit topped with diarrhea is really good. It's like, no, there's diarrhea in there. Although it might feel good coming out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's relieving. I'm just going to keep moving on with that. Yeah, um, yeah, go on. The next one, 2005, Attack of the Clones was fan service. Yoda whipped out a lightsaber. Cool. Not really worth a rewatch to me. It's 2002. Uh, 2002. <coughs> Best Sorry, one. Wrong date. To me, I just thought it was a lot of fan service, and I didn't think that the actual content of the movie was, was that incredible and anything that I would want to see again. Was Jar Jar in it? Uh, I don't think he was. I think, 10 out of 10. I think it was for like a like a scene or something. But Maybe that quick. scene, ten out of ten. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> no, but I totally I'm with you there, especially on the Yoda thing. Like people were like applauding in the theater when he started doing the, like the little uh, karaoke ball bouncing around yes. Count Dooku, and I'm like, this is what is this? This is nonsense. He's not even doing anything. It's a cool action scene, Ian. Learn about it. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's the, like you've never seen a fucking movie before. The, <laughs> yes, I'm a total fraud. The, the, <laughs> the other one I referenced too, because I think it's very easy to judge like by today's standards because it came out in today, is 2016 Rogue One was a fine movie, but it wasn't incredible and the hype is so unjustified. If you compare it to other movies I've seen, it's nothing more than another fan service movie. I mean, you compare it to. Same um, with uh, what's that other one? The about? Marvel movies. What's that one about the, the Force Awakening? 
Force the Awakens. The Force Awakening. Ooh, that's yeah. it. Don't, don't, you stay away from The Force Awakens. That one Awakens. sucked. Oh really? my God. You liked that. I, I just, I enjoy, I'm with Cameron. I enjoyed watching it and it was like, this was just, I think this was Star Wars fans jerking off other Star Wars fans. Exactly. Yeah. It gives you but so done much nostalgia. So, so well, I thought though. <laughs> the so, climax. So I also, I also <laughs> made a list. You're talking about jerking off the fans <laughs> and the climax was <laughs> the best part. Sorry. Because I feel like people People are going to be like, well, then what ones do you think are better? So I made a list. Um, the Fran- better? It says better ones? Dude, it's, not that, it's not that fucking hard. There are like eight movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. T- also, the Lego oh, Star Wars. Oh, better movies? Yeah, better would- franchises. Oh, well, oh. the Lego Star Wars video games are probably the, the best Star Wars things. Probably. I would actually agree with that. <laughs> They're really good. Um, so for better franchises that I think hold up. I mean, a lot of these are newer, oh, so holding up over time. I put Pirates of the Caribbean on there. Disagree. I think oh, Pirates I of the Pirates. Caribbean is really good. It is. Um, Lord of the Rings, yes. unquestionably better, and I think will ultimately be timeless. Like, yes. I don't think you're going to ever look at it and be like, this is Horse dog shit. shit. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter, yes. I would actually argue I also think is better. Duh. Um, <laughs> the Dark Knight series, I think, is going to hold up over time. Amazing. I think that that will always be viewed as a really I think that will be remembered as classic Batman, for um, sure. Mm-hmm. I love the Oceans movies, and I think that those will also, like Oceans 11, 12, 13, I think those will Do you will count all... the very first Oceans 11 with Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., and D. Martin? Mm. No. Wow. <laughs> so te- not technically part of the franchise. No, yeah, it's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, would the franchise exist without that movie? Who's no. to say? It might be called <laughs> something else. What about the Bond films? What about the Chronicles of Narnia? Ew. No. I didn't think those movies were right. I hate Christian allegories. Because I'm, <laughs> because Who's I'm, he? <laughs> Sorry. I'm very, I'm very against religion, but <laughs> I do love those movies. Even They're, the second? Come on. Prince Caspian. Well, I loved Prince Caspian. You kidding me? And um, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader was the best book. The, my bottom line here is that all of these series came out before the most recent Star Wars, and I think that they're all better than the most re- even the most recent Star Wars movies. Were you just saying Harry Potter because you know your audience here? Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I actually do think Star like Harry Potter holds up better than like the most recent Star Wars movies as far as, far as like being quality content. I think that especially the latest Star Wars movies, it's just fan service. And as somebody who didn't grow up a fan of Star Wars, I feel like I'm able to look at that a little bit more objectively. Totally. Because I didn't grow up on it and just say that this is all basically just like camera flashes, light, like smoke and mirrors. So this is... I, I really liked all the detail you provided here. This Aaron was going to bring something kind of like it, it didn't have to do specifically with Star Wars, but it was about the fandom and how it affects something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Star Wars to me is a very unique beast because <clears throat> all, if not most, or most, if not all, rather, of the series that you mentioned come from books. It's true. And I think that Star Wars really did set the stage for what a movie can do as far as building a fan base goes. Mm hmm. But I, this is literally personal opinion. I have no evidence to back this up. I think that part of the reason um, some things may not hold up as well as others is because like the written word holds up better than almost anything else. That's like it, it's been around the longest. It, that's just kind of how things are. And it's like when you have a movie based on a book, even in 20, 30 years, when people say, oh, the Harry Potter movies suck now, mm-hmm. like the books will still be there to yeah. support the fandom. So I know it's not directly related, but it's, I thought it was an interesting point to make. 
Yeah, and just going off that because I thought you were just gonna. Ian's about it. to explode. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm he's, just he's internally just processing in information. Well, yeah. I thought Cole was just gonna take my point and start talking about it, and I was gonna be mad, but he didn't. Um, so we yeah, I, I thought about bringing sort of a related take to the table, but I changed it because you had this take. Um, I think the only reason people are pumped about Star Wars and still love Star Wars is because of the fandom, and. I, I agree with Cameron in that if you take an objective step backwards and you just look at them critically as a film, like character films, development, storyline, you're here's just the looking thing, at though, it. I think the storylines and the stories of Star Wars. Well, yeah, remember is Yoda? Great. Yoda was no. red in the first few. I'm just saying, I think that they're really great stories, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I, character development. I no. agree with Cameron. You have to recognize like how changing they were in the space like i don't know how to word what i'm trying they to set say the stage for what movies could influential be. Like, influential they were the first well, to use a Wars, lot of technology and stuff that you see in movies today well i i have to word this correctly harry potter is the star wars of books because like if you think about star nobody wanted to buy star wars nobody wanted to support the movie it came out and it everybody it flipped everybody's lid it sure. was like this is what things and, can happen and harry potter did the same thing with books like mm-hmm. people started reading again because harry potter came well out. and that's what's and, what I think holds up for Star Wars 2 is what's really cool is it is literally just a film series that holds on its own so well and created its own fandom just from being films. Right. Whereas one of my arguments was even the Harry Potter films. I love the Harry Potter films. Don't get me wrong. Huge Harry Potter right. fan. You could just call them movies. Movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think they're kind of similar in that without the huge backing of Harry Potter fans and the hype of midnight premieres and just everything surrounding the fandom, I just don't think the movies, when you take an objective look at them, are like that amazing or life-changing. And, and that's what bothers me, is that you have people today that are still, Star Wars is the gold standard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's not, though. Have you even seen 19... Pokemon 2000? <laughs> like, even... Cole's never seen Pokemon 2000. <laughs> like, even when you compare it to just the quality, like, something like Pulp Fiction in 1994. Never seen it. And you just talk about... We're going to fix that. It's yeah. a great movie. <laughs> it is. And when you just compare the quality, like, how far movies have come since Star Wars initially started, it's not the gold standard anymore. And I feel like some people just aren't able to accept that something that they grew up and loved so dearly really in the space gets outshined just in quality by a lot of other things now. Which is fine, in my opinion, because every Star Wars fan can be in that fandom. It's a lot of fun and an amazing like, community to be a part of. I totally get that being in the Harry Potter fandom. Um, but yeah, I'm just going back to my point. I don't think they're that great of movies unless you're part of that fandom. Yeah, and let's, you're looking at the. Let's films let Ian talk about this through the eyes yeah, of the fandom. I very much also Guardians is better than Star Wars. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Trying to start that conflict. There you go. <laughs> I think you just short circuited my brain. Was, we were, when we were watching The Graduate, something happened that was like it put the character, the main character, in a crappy place, and I was like, "Now this Ian is what you call conflict." <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, as, as I have mentioned, I think a couple of times on the show, Star Wars is you know very much a part of my life, and it was very important to me growing up. And I think that's the key to fandom in general is like when you see it, what the impact has on you. Um, 
what I'm about to say is going to be controversial on this table and controversial, uh, controversial, uh, possibly the basis for an entire new series of podcasts we can do um, in that uh, a, a second take uh, for Ian of the Harry Potter series. Because uh, whereas I assume, given the uh, relative age of my uh, co podcasters here tonight, 23, you, you saw uh, <laughs> Harry Potter when you were very young um, and probably read the books when you were young i started the books in second grade and as a disclaimer i actually didn't watch harry potter until a couple like two years ago somebody got me to watch through the whole thing and aaron didn't read them until a year and a half ago i read them a year and a half ago but i saw all the films in order when they came out midnight premieres (laughs) nerd cole (laughs) Cole, my son is in second grade that's great he should be reading harry potter tell him i said hey I'm in third. See him on playground. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I did not. I I liked the first Harry Potter movie. hadn't read the books, um, but I liked the first movie. And I my estimation of the Harry Potter films after that went progressively down to the part where we, they got to seven. I was, seven was the worst movie by far. Well, I but I was I was dreading the experience of watching. It was kind of a completist thing. I. I I will say this right now. I do not like the Harry Potter movies, and I do not think they're good films. However, I am Dang, totally... Dang, he knows his stuff, too. I am totally... No, no, no. I am the minority and on a lot of stuff. I am the last guy anyone asks. Um, but a lot <laughs> of people... people ask you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the guy nobody asks. <laughs> and Cole's like, well, wait, I got something to say. <laughs> but, but I am totally willing to acknowledge that when I watched the Harry Potter movies, I was like, you know, in my 20s. And I had an expectation of, you know, the, the hype, the fandom surrounding the books... I went in thinking, okay, these are kids' movies, but so many people, all over, you know, kids and adults, everyone's reading these books. There's got to be something more to that. Uh, so I think I need to go back and probably start at the beginning, not with the books, but the films, because I don't have that kind of time, um, and just like watch them again and see if uh, if I can have some kind of a new appreciation for them. Um, but that you know, Star Wars for me, I was a kid and very influential, you know, growing up watching them. So I have a tremendous place in my heart and you know personality regarding the original trilogy, um, and you know, in my which tw- which trilogy is that the original. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, how many movies are there? Six, 12, 10? Like, I don't, there seems to be some confusion about Don't forget what the Ewok actually... TV special movies. God, um, no, uh, the, the 1977 to 1983 trilogy. Uh, so these. So, I, I was I was trilogy. being a dick. I actually know. No, what I know. I just wanted to clarify. Also, you need to watch Rick and Morty. I do. Um, but uh, yeah, but I, my fandom was not so uh, diehard that I couldn't see the Phantom Menace for the garbage pile it was. Uh, I went to the midnight screening uh, it, you know, at work. I'm sorry for your loss. Well, <laughs> at work, uh, like the opening day, uh, there was going to be a big work outing. Everyone was going to go see the Phantom Menace because it's like been you know building for 20 years. I went to see the midnight screening beforehand. And when I came into work the next day, I started taking down all the Phantom Menace toys that I bought in anticipation and giving them <laughs> away to my coworkers. I'm like, here, you want this? And, and they're like, hey, we're going to go see Star Wars. And I'm, like, I'm not fucking going to see that piece <laughs> of shit movie. And they're like, come on, man. And then when they all came back, they're like, we well, you know what you're talking about. That movie was fucking awesome. They're like, Darth Maul at the end for that 10 minutes. I was... So good. It's yes. funny when the Weird Al song about a movie is better than was the movie so itself. so much better. Oh, I love that And he that did song. that all on spoilers and previews. I know. <laughs> I, I, I guess because people, they didn't have the context for what he was talking right. about, you know? <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, Midi-chlorians. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, 
and and over time, I think I've been vindicated. Uh, I did like um, the fork, force fork, the Force Awakens quite a bit. It is you know a template kind of remake of Star Wars, but I think there's so much going on there that's planting the seeds for where the story could go in a different direction. Um, if it turns out to be just a recycled completely series, then I'll be you know very disappointed. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Rogue One was was nonsense. So mm-hmm. yeah, my fandom of Star Wars runs deep, but I am a true fan in that I love it enough to acknowledge when it's falling off the wagon. And now mm-hmm. that it's under Disney, it's kind of disheartening to know that there are probably going to be Star Wars movies going on long after I'm dead. <laughs> so what you mentioned is the, you know, the Harry Potter movies, uh, some of the other you know franchises you talked about, those at least in our understanding today, barring any kind of remakes that might happen or future sequels, those are finite things. So you can hold on to that. Star Wars is just, it might as well be a sitcom now. It's just going to go on forever and ever. <laughs> For and galaxies milk. That's universe. a good, <laughs> good comparison. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to touch your leg, Cole. Or wow. did I? <laughs> um, Getting steamy. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we can all agree that that it depends on when you see the films and how invested Movies. you are in, in the fandom changes your perspective of how you see the movie and i think that's we've talked about this in the past even on kicking the seat with the uh when we talked about the godfather no i think the goonies we talked about and i was like i'm cole's never seen this movie i absolutely love it i'm sure if he sees it he's gonna think it's trash but it's because you didn't see it when you were a kid and that was kind of the point Mm -hmm. i think this is kind of like similar in that regard However, when you think about fandoms and movie series like this, I think Lord of the Rings is one of the only ones that could hold up without any of the fandom. I think they're just incredible. Films. The fact that my mom likes Lord of the Rings and she has absolutely zero backstory on any of it is, um, is solid. speaking of parents and fantasy movies. I don't want to think about that. No, this is hilarious oh, wait, because <laughs> once in a while, like what, when, what? when I'm home for the holidays or whatever, on? like ABC Family will be airing a Harry Potter marathon, and if my dad's flipping through, he'll kind of just like put it on while we're just chatting or whatever um and typically when this happens i start live tweeting the things he says <laughs> because they're hilarious so like hermione will be petrified in in the second movie and he'll be like oh no is my okay <laughs> and and he'll be like oh wow how's that car flying like is it? <laughs> and i'm like it's magic dad and it, it, like the things he says are just absolutely ludicrous but really hilarious um i, I heard an intake of breath yeah, sorry, I'm do- I do that a lot. Um, yeah, oh, you breathe? Well, I, I breathe Not dramatically. Allowed. There's an app for that. There's no breathing on Jack Off My <laughs> there's, there's an asthma for that. Um, there's a CPAP for that. No, um, it's, uh, it's interesting. When you bring up Lord of the Rings, I had completely forgotten. They did another trilogy in the, the Hobbit trilogy, which I liked the first Hobbit movie. I and did, then, too. I liked the first one, too. Well, yeah, because it had so a Radagast in it. What's, is that like something you take for indigestion? Yes, sorry. It's like Pepto Bismol was there too. Oh, nice. Um, no, I, but I. Imodium got cut last minute. Imodium <laughs> does sound like like a character from those books, <laughs> but no, the second and third movies, I remember very little about them. I just thought they were overlong and kind of pointless, and you really do feel like oh, they took well, a three hundred page book and spread it out to like you know seventeen hours. My favorite yeah. meme I saw was it, it, it had the title screen like The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, and it was like. 35% of the words in this title are the. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, that, the Hobbit is a great example. Those movies are, they were absolute fan service. After the first one, I, I agree with you, was really good. The other ones were, were you want to see a full book actually made into a movie? Well, here you go. 
Because this is just like super long and drawn out and unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, but then it's interesting because I really liked the first one. And I think the reason is I uh, there's a cartoon version of The Hobbit. The one from the 70s, right? Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it's kind of terrifying, <laughs> yes. um, but also amazing. And I used to watch it as a kid. So I was very familiar with the story of The Hobbit just from that. I never even read the book. I always would get a chapter in and be like, this too hard. So then I, um, I was very... <laughs> small when i tried to read it but so then when i saw the first film i was like oh my god this is so cool because i know the story and i'm so excited but then yeah it got drawn out real long yeah and i want to i want to make my point clear my point is not that i think star wars is terrible and that nobody should like uh, it i'm pretty sure that's what i heard <laughs> my point is that star wars i think in many cases gets severely overrated for what it actually is in today's time and i think that the fandom a lot of times carries it way over the top also Fuck Lord of the Rings because I read the Fellowship for a class and I really liked it. But the first 150 pages, they don't leave the Shire. Yeah, they're at that Shire for a long ass yeah. time. Yeah, it's like, and I want to read the next one, but I'm like, what? They're not going to leave the fucking forest for 150 <laughs> pages. So, anyway, um, I thought these were all fantastic takes. We even went 15 minutes over, but it was all great discussion. Um, oddly enough, the heaviest topic was our shortest discussion. <laughs> <laughs> But Could have buried that one. <laughs> Star Wars was oh. our heaviest topic. Okay, let's, let's be totally. Dwayne the Rock Johnson was our heaviest topic. <laughs> I love the Rock. Amy Poehler. Um, tooth Fairy Two, yo. Uh, anyway, thank you all for listening. Ian, thank you for being here. Thank People you for can find me. you at kickseat.com, correct? Yes. You can find uh, Ian and I's joint project, Late Screening, both on kickseat.com and on coltries.com. Uh, if you want to hear it when it first publishes, Go to Ian's site. I do it quite a, not quite a bit, but a little bit later. Because um, I publish on Tuesdays and I just kind of do when, the Tuesday after whenever you publish. Um, you can find me on the internets, coltries.com, Jack of All Takes. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> do I get to plug myself too? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, it's Camelot on Twitch. Yeah, twitch.tv slash it's Camelot. And um, no apostrophe. No apostrophe. And this is Aaron. I'm pointing to her. Hello. <laughs> you can residence. find her uh, AaronMaterialPhotography.com or on Instagram at AaronMaterialPhotography. Also follow our Cat Baloo, uh, which is apparently a movie. But follow at Big Cat Baloo on Instagram. Uh, he is super cute. Thank you all for listening once again. Uh, we hope you liked this episode. And as usual, keep your takes hot, you jackoffs. See you natural. <laughs> Bye.